This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and your host here on Ringler Radio. Well, today we have a very special show. We're going to talk about reinsurance, reinsurance agreements, and take a look at reinsurance in the structured settlement marketplace. And to help me do that today is Paul Marshall, Sales Director at MetLife Structured Settlements in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Prior to MetLife's acquisition of Traveler's Life and Annuity in July of 2005, Paul was a Vice President of Structured Settlements for Traveler's Life and Annuity. And prior to that, Paul was a Structured Settlement Consultant for over seven years. Welcome to Ringler Radio, Paul. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you realize it, but I went to high school in Bloomfield, Connecticut, and I'm a real warhawk there, Paul, so I'm glad you're... Uh, your business is right there in my hometown. Oh, that's exciting, Larry. That's yeah, that's one of the secrets uh, of the business. Well, let's get started. Uh, now, Paul, you're a very knowledgeable professional on this topic today, but you're not providing legal or accounting or tax advice, are you? That is right. I am not. Okay, cool. Well, let's start in by uh, coming with some very basic information, uh, Paul. What actually is a reinsurance agreement? Larry, a reinsurance agreement is just an agreement under which one licensed insurance company transfers its obligations or risks under an insurance contract or policy to another licensed insurance company. So, but for today's purposes, what we're really going to focus on is in the settlement context, what is being transferred is the obligation to make periodic payments either to or for the benefit of a claimant. Okay, interesting. Well, what exactly are the businesses where MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut can offer reinsurance? The, the businesses that MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut where can offer reinsurance are, first of all, insured workers' comp. In fact, uh, if you think about it, that's generally why the product was created. Mm-hmm. But we also can offer it in conjunction with self-insured workers' compensation cases, and that's provided that the employer has a certificate of self-insurance. But in addition to that, it's not just limited to workers' comp. What we can also do is various types of liability cases, both bodily injury and property damage claims, and even disability cases. And in the latter scenario, disability cases can either be tax-free or taxable, depending upon who paid the premiums. But that gives an idea of the breadth of this product and, and what types of cases that can be structured under reinsurance with MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. Well, you know, that is pretty broad. Exactly how does a reinsurance agreement differ from an annuity, though, Paul? I mean, obviously, in some of these cases, uh, annuities and, and reinsurance agreements, uh, they, they go side by side. They go hand in hand. Some, some can be used uh, interchangeably, or do they have to be exclusive? Well, they are different products, Larry. In fact, I think it's easier to say what reinsurance is not. It's mm-hmm. not a policy issued by a life insurance company to an entity or individual which provides ownership rights. But what it is, is it is simply just an agreement between the two insurance companies, and there is no underlying annuity. Well, given that, what are the potential uses for reinsurance then? Uh, What kinds of cases are we talking about? Well, aside from the types of businesses that we can reinsure, 
what we'll see is, um, and I mentioned previously, we'll see also situations where settlements involving uh, policy buyouts, punitive damages, wrongful termination cases, and other non-physical injury claims can be structured using the reinsurance. And and just to give some explanation to those, because those are not the norm of what we hear in the structured settlement industry, when I mention a, a policy buyout, for example, what I'm speaking of is a coverage dispute, for example, where an insurer compromises its policy with an insured for periodic payments, and then it can transfer that obligation to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, another example would be punitive damages. Punitive damages are taxable, and uh, those are not typically done in the normal context of structured settlements. So what we'll see is uh, parallel structures where the uh, punitive damages can also be settled in the form of periodic payments and that obligation reinsured through MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I think of wrongful termination cases. And, and those are situations, of course, where what is being structured, again, is just the damage portion of those claims versus the wages that are subject to FICA or other employment tax reporting or withholding. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and the other non-physical injury cases you mentioned, uh, the mental anguish, uh, uh, those kinds of cases, we, we in the industry typically refer to these kinds of cases as non-qualified cases. Is that, is that fair to say? That is correct. And in essence, what reinsurance is, is it's really a non-qualified product for insurance companies. Exactly. And who else in the in the industry uh, is involved with the with the reinsurance product besides yourselves? I mean, is it is a fairly common in the industry product, or is something is this something that Met has a has a has a real uh, lock on? There's a, it's not every carrier in this industry offers reinsurance, and so there there are a few other carriers. But MetLife has been uh, offering this product for now over ten years, and um, and and we do it in a and again our top or our uh, largest seller is really with respect to workers' compensation cases. But, but again, we see all these other types of claims that are structured with it as well. Well, let's explain a little bit how reinsurance is used with the, with the workers' compensation uh, types of cases. Give us, give us some insight into that, because that's the area that I think most of us are familiar with the reinsurance product. And of course, today, everyone is learning about how reinsurance is used in the non-qualified area. But let's talk about comp. Right. For starters... With compensation, workers' comp, you can actually see really what I would put in two categories of the types of workers' compensation claims. One would be settlements, and the other would be where the carrier, the work comp carrier, is not actually settling the claim with the employee. So in the first example, with a settlement, a carrier could choose to settle out with the employee in the form of periodic payments and transfer that obligation to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut via the reinsurance agreement. Mm-hmm. In the latter scenario, for funding the statutory benefits, for example, a comp carrier is already liable to make certain payments, for example, with a permanent total disability claim uh, where the uh, person was injured while they were in the course and scope of their employment. And they may choose instead to continue to make these payments. They want to transfer that obligation to a life insurance company. Right. So the, so the claimant is already receiving periodic payments from the carrier itself under the comp. So merely by transferring the obligation to the reinsurance side of it, it, it really has it, it's transparent really to the claimant, isn't it, at that point? That is. It is correct, Larry. Okay, cool. Well, let's take a short break. When we return, we'll talk a little bit more about the benefits of using reinsurance products and the role of reinsurance in the structured settlement marketplace. We'll be right back. 
This is Ringler Radio. Legal information, trends, and topics from Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 140,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio. From Ringler Associates, placing more than $20 billion in structures over the past 30 years, and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. This is Ringler Radio, celebrating three years on the Legal Talk Network with topics important to the legal community. Did you know you could download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Ringler Radio. It's free. Did you know the number of listeners to Ringler Radio doubled in 2008? Thanks to our loyal listeners and welcome to all our new listeners as well. Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and I'd like to welcome back our special guest, Paul Marshall, sales director at MetLife Structured Settlements in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Well, Paul... Why would somebody want to use a reinsurance product, and you know what are the benefits of all that? Well, for starters, Larry, guaranteed payments over time, i.e. structured settlements, they make sense for a lot of people. Sure. For example, if payments are for life, they cannot outlive that stream of income. So on one of your other programs, a very knowledgeable trust officer provided an example of the difficulty of budgeting properly if a claimant receives only one check at the beginning of each year, or worse yet, if he or she receives only one paycheck for the rest of his or her life. So what that trust officer put forth is how long is that really gonna, uh, that money going to last until that person is broke. That's a big problem for most people, just, just allocating and trying to figure out. It's really a planning process. How do you take a, a check in January and have it last the full year? That's why these monthly payments make sense for so many people. Exactly. So there's a lot of types of cases where structured settlements – are the best way to settle the claim, but the Internal Revenue Code doesn't permit the carrier to enter into a qualified assignment on those many types of claims because the claim doesn't involve a physical injury right. or workplace injury filed after August 5th, 1997. And by, by that, what I mean, as you well know, is uh, a qualified assignment is where a carrier or defendant settles a case for periodic payments and assigns that obligation to a life insurance company to make those periodic payments. Now, my example is oversimplified, but the point being is there's a lot of claims that should be structured that fall outside of the scope of Section 130. So in these situations where a carrier can't enter into a qualified assignment, these are instances where a carrier may want to consider using reinsurance. Well, you know, it's interesting because over time, when structured settlements first began, uh, some time ago when I started back in the business about 25 years ago, as a matter of fact, it was really only the physical injury cases that were really talked about. Since then, uh, Paul, as you know, more and more of these so-called non-qualified cases have begun to be periodically paid and uh, with non-qualified assignments through either offshore entities that have picked up those, uh, those cases or reinsurance products like your own. And let's talk about the benefits of using the reinsurance product in these non-qualified cases. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll take both because there's actually, there's 
non-qualified situations, as you know, Larry, and uh, in, in other words, taxable settlements. And also, there are situations where there's no settlement, and I'll talk a little bit about the benefits to the, to the carrier in those instances, too. But on a taxable settlement, for example, the benefit of using reinsurance is that it can provide periodic payments for life, say, weekly, biweekly, or monthly, like an annuity, but mm-hmm. the tax ramifications to the recipient would be more favorable with reinsurance as opposed to giving the claimant an annuity. So, and the reason why is for tax reasons, what reinsurance may allow for is income deferral and spreading. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that, deferral means payments are taxed as they are received, which is over time as opposed to right up front at the time the settlement is agreed upon and the documents are signed. Now, income spreading, on the other hand, is where payments are ultimately taxed at a lower marginal tax rate versus one big lump sum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that is the advantage of using reinsurance. Conversely, if the claimant were to take ownership of an annuity on a taxable settlement, he or she would be taxed currently on its entire value and then taxed on the income element in future years as payments are received. Of course, my caveat here is the tax benefits afforded through reinsurance assume that the claimant is a cash basis taxpayer and the settlement agreement specifies the periodic payments rather than the lump sum settlement. Gotcha. So, so there are certain rules that need to be followed, and we're all familiar with that. And uh, before anybody does this, you know, you'd talk to Paul, and you'd get some of the insights and some of the nuances of uh, how this all works. What about uh, attorney fees? Uh, attorney fee, what we would call attorney fee structures. How do they work in the context of the reinsurance product? Well, the the reinsurance. It's the same concept. It's, it would be completely in taxable income to the attorney. However, the attorney can also opt for periodic payments uh, prior to the point of settlement. And then instead of if the case is not eligible for a qualified assignment, that carrier could reinsure that obligation to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. So again, the attorney could enjoy the same benefits of uh, deferring that income and potentially spreading it out. That's good. Benefits to the carrier. Let's let's list some of those benefits. What would it, why would a carrier want to use a reinsurance product? Well, I, I think of carriers using them in situations where there's no settlement. Obviously, they, they use them where there is a settlement, too, and the, the advantages are they can close a claim and be done with it and take the reserve down. However, uh, there's also uh, a lot of situations, especially in the workers' comp arena, where the carrier is going to not settle a claim. For example... Uh, it's a statutory benefit with a, a permanent totally disabled worker. Mm-hmm. And that carrier, instead of continuing to pay the claim, it wants to have the life company pay the claim. So it would transfer that obligation to a carrier. And the advantages would be, in that instance, it transfers the investment risk mm-hmm. associated with those payments. If, it's, if they're lifetime payments, it's transferring the mortality risk to the life insurance company. And also... The added benefit is they can uh, reduce the administrative burden of cutting those checks. could be weekly, bi-weekly, what have you. Exactly. So that carrier doesn't have to make those payments any further. Good. Well, uh, those are all good benefits, and I know they've been taken advantage of by several, uh, several clients that uh, I've been involved with. Well, are there different types of reinsurance agreements? Tell us about those. Sure, Larry. We've got at MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut, we have three versions, and really there's a two-party and a three-party, and as you inquired about, also an attorney fee-only reinsurance agreement. But 
The difference between the two-party and the three-party, a two-party is an agreement between the two insurance companies. And one is the reinsured, that's the carrier that originally has the claim or the obligation to pay. And of course, on our end is MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So when the parties enter into that, when the carriers enter, enter into that, these are usually used in the situation I just gave where there's no settlement of a claim. You're just shifting uh, the payment responsibility to the reinsurer. That is right. Mm-hmm. And, and in that situation, the claimant doesn't sign it. There's no novation. So it's the, the carrier that transfers the obligation is still contingently liable for those periodic payments. Exactly. So it's basically transparent to the recipient of the payments. Uh, they don't have to sign or agree to the process, but the original carrier is contingently liable in case the reinsurer doesn't pay. That is correct. And, okay. and of course, it is uh, prudent to give the claimant uh, a heads up that this <laughs> transaction is taking place because they're going to, so. down the road, wonder why are the, the payments of the checks coming from a different entity. There you go. There you go. Well, Paul, why don't you tell us how the reinsurance agreements work, uh, in, particularly in the environmental arena. Tell us about that. Sure, Larry. Actually, in environmental situations, we can see them in a couple of varieties. And and one would be where there's a coverage dispute, which is often the situation where you have the PRPs and and the insurers and there's disagreement. They they actually dispute over whether the coverage applies to the contaminated ground. So as I mentioned before, with policy buyouts, that might be an example of one where the uh, insurer and its insured agree to a settlement under the policy, and they might agree for cash flow reasons that they want to take those payments over time. And there is where the insurer is going to transfer that obligation. Once it's set and once they've agreed to it with their insured, that reinsured will then transfer that obligation to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to make those payments at that point. And then that carrier can get off the hook in terms of any of those coverage-type disputes in the, in the arena of the environmental cases. That's, that's right, Larry. They've got their release, and they also can get for the claim, and they can also be released then for the uh, future periodic payment obligation, and it's, the insured is going to look solely to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut for those future payments. And what about what about in the typical cleanup scenario where you have uh, PRPs and there's uh, remediation plans and all that sitting out there? How would a reinsurance product work in that scenario? Well, the beauty of the reinsurance in that situation, Larry, is we can actually uh, emulate what it is going to take for, to clean up the site. So, for example, there's going to be a remediation schedule It's going to take place over several years, so Mm -hmm. those payment streams can be determined, and then they can be agreed upon, and the the responsible entity, that carrier, can purchase a reinsurance agreement and transfer that obligation for those periodic payments to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut, and then we will make those payments over time as opposed to that insurer having to make them. Well, that's, you know, and that is a big uh, and growing area in the business, as you know. It's, uh, it's very difficult to, to match some of these remediation plans uh, and get these things resolved. So the, the use of the reinsurance product, I think, is going to be a, a plus. I agree. What about the three-party agreement? The three-party agreement, that, of course, is not just the insurance company signing it, but also the claimant is entering into that, too. And, and what happens is by signing that agreement, the claimant is also agreeing to look solely to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut for those future periodic payments. And 
in a nutshell, what it is, is it's really an assignment-like mechanism for cases that fall outside of the scope of Section 130, as we talked about previously. So this is more in the area of what we would call the non-qualified case, the wrongful termination type case? Those, Absolutely. Those, those kind of cases where the, the, the party receiving the payments is also involved in the decision-making of how this works. That is correct. And even in the situation where you have a just a workers' compensation settlement provided mm-hmm. that the uh, the statute permits such an agreement and novation. Okay, good. What about now, talk about the attorney's fee three-party agreement. Okay, the, and that's just a different scenario where the claimant is entering into a settlement, but the claimant is taking his or her portion in cash, but right. the attorney wants to receive his or her portion in the form of periodic payments. So Sounds like a wise man to me. Go ahead. Absolutely. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> and in that situation, again, the carrier is just going to agree in the settlement agreement what the terms of the uh, settlement are, and that would be cash to the claimant. And then, of course, the attorney is opting for the periodic payments where the claimant is directing us as a life company to make those payments directly to the attorney for the convenience of the claimant. So in that situation, once that settlement agreement is set, then that carrier will enter into that agreement with MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut and transfer that obligation to our company. And the attorney will also sign that agreement. And at that point, that that attorney will look to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut for all those future periodic payments. And I assume you would be sending the uh, the attorney the W-9 forms and some of the other uh, tax forms that they need to deal with, hold harmless agreements potentially from your side. Is that true? That is correct, Larry. And of course, we work through the brokers such as you to, right. uh, to execute all those documents. But it's very similar to the process uh, in the non-qualified arena as well. Exactly. Okay. It mirrors it uh, almost exactly. Good. Well, how is the reinsurance actually placed? How is the deal executed? Let's walk us through uh, something that makes uh, some of our audience listeners uh, feel comfortable about trying to do this process. All right. It, it's actually a very simple transaction, Larry. And what happens is the insurance company is just agreeing to make periodic payments to a claimant. And again, this is going to be memorialized in a settlement agreement. And once that takes place and those documents are being executed concurrently with that, that reinsure, that reinsure to that situation. It's the insurer of the original obligation. So let's say a casualty insurance company settling a case with a claimant. Right, okay. right. They're, they're now going, they're obviously what we call the reinsured in this, in this new transaction, this reinsurance transaction, but that casualty company settling the claim then wants to transfer through a reinsurance agreement to MetLife its obligations. That's correct. So tell and, me, walk us through that. So... Once it actually, once the parties enter into the settlement agreement, which outlines what the specific periodic payments are going to be, at that point, then the insurance company, the reinsured, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. is going to pay the premium to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut, and then they're both going to enter into that reinsurance agreement, which effectively transfers that obligation from the carrier to, in our case, MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. And tell me about when you say the premium, is, is that like a, an assignment fee process? Well, how does that, how does that calculate that premium? It's, uh, it's more like an annuity premium on, oh, a, okay. on a regular structured settlement. So there is no assignment fee. It's just whatever the cost of that stream is to the uh, carrier, that's what it's going to pay to the reinsurer, MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. And then that concurrent with the execution of the reinsurance agreement, 
is what's going to effectuate the transfer. And, of course, there would be other documents may be required, such as a settlement agreement and release, birth certificate, et cetera. Okay. Well, so let, let me just sum up, and, and you tell me if we're in the right place here. The casualty carrier settles the case with the claimant. There's a desire for periodic payments. Rather than purchase an annuity in the, in the typical fashion, uh, this is, a let's say, a non-qualified situation. They would then go to MetLife, the carrier would, and purchase through a premium process the reinsurance product, which would then pay the periodic payments as if it were, in essence, an annuity. Right. That is correct. And then then in the process, once it purchases that, then it's transferring that obligation for those periodic payments to MetLife Insurance Company of Connecticut. And essentially getting what we call off the hook. That is correct. When the three parties use, that is is exactly the case. And that is usually what we see with settlements. Well, that's a pretty simple process. And I'm sure all of our brokers and many in our audience that are in the claim business, uh, it's, it's a familiar process. It's just using a different product, a different, a different name. And uh, I think, Paul, your, your explanation is very good. Well, what flexibility does the reinsurance product have in the structured settlement marketplace? Where's the flexibility in this product? Well, you mentioned it, Larry, right up front is it's really a tool to structure these cases that are, you call them non-qualified. They don't fit under Internal Revenue Code Section 130. Right. So it's, the way I view it is it's it's a tool to settle or fund a wide array of claims other than the traditional tax-free personal physical injury cases. That's a big market out there, Paul. I mean, it's it's a much bigger market than anyone gives gives thought to. I mean, these are these are all kinds of cases out there that every one of us is running into from from time to time. Could be property damage claims. They could be, uh, uh, as you said, uh, environmental claims. A lot of different claims with, that don't have this physical injury component, where you could look to the reinsurance product to take advantage of periodic payments and those tax deferral and tax uh, spreading that you talked about. And here's a product from MetLife that does it very efficiently. Correct. Well, that's great. Any other final thoughts, Paul? Well, just reinsurance. It's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Many people are very familiar with it, but I think where they're not familiar with it is outside of the context of workers' compensation. Right. Again, you know, the the product was created initially for workers' compensation claims because workers' compensation wasn't eligible for qualified assignments prior to August 5th, 1997. So, that's the product that was created there, but it has such a broader application. As I view it, is it's a really a unique product that provides the ability to structure claims that aren't traditional structured settlement candidates. How long has uh, MetLife of Connecticut been involved in providing the reinsurance product for these so-called non-qualified cases? Going on 11 years. Okay, so you've, you're familiar with the process and, and the, the nuances, some of the tax issues. You've got a full uh, complement of, of information there at your hands that can help out these brokers and these others in the industry if they need it. Is that right? Absolutely. And if someone wanted to contact you, Paul, to find out about all this, how would they do that? All right. They could call me toll-free at 1-800-638-0051 or email me at paul.marshall at metlife.com. Great. Well, that's terrific, Paul. I want to thank you very much for uh, 
coming in today and to help us all understand the nuances around this reinsurance product. I think it's going to be uh, something that's going to start getting used a lot more. So get ready, Bat. You better staff up down there, Paul. All right. Sounds good, Larry. Well, listen, if you're a first-time listener, you should know every Ringler Radio Show can be downloaded from our website, ringlerassociates.com, or from legaltalknetwork.com, or you can even find it on iTunes, where you can download it on your iPod and uh, listen to these wonderful Ringler Radio Shows as you're jogging along there in the woods. I hope you do that. Well, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Prudential.